Welcome to DST Radio, where we feature best-in-class insight and opinion from thought leaders and practitioners in the healthcare industry to help you stay informed to make the best decisions. This is DST Radio, and I'm Greg Hersholt. Richard Popper is with me. Richard, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Greg. Richard is responsible for the implementation and the monitoring and the compliance of DST's services and software solutions for Medicare and Medicaid health plans and also assists in implementing plans that will be taking part in health insurance marketplaces uh, that are actually uh, underway right now. Is it safe to say, and I asked the last guest this, this is an interesting and challenging time in this industry? Oh, definitely. There uh, isn't really any aspect of the health insurance and health delivery system that isn't being significantly changed uh, and and shifting on a weekly or monthly basis. I know in this industry there's a lot of talk about dual eligibles and for folks who don't completely understand that, can you explain what dual eligible is? Sure, a dual eligible is someone who is actually eligible for two separate government-sponsored health programs, the Medicare program and the Medicaid program. A lot of folks are familiar with Medicare because their parents or their grandparents are on it. And Medicare is the uh, health insurance program sponsored by the federal government that provides pretty comprehensive health insurance coverage for people who are 65 and over and who get Social Security, as well as people who are under 65 and who worked in the marketplace or, or in business or, or in industry, uh, but then developed a dis- disability and can no longer work. So those folks can also go on to Medicare um, uh, if they prove their disability is so much that they can't uh, be involved in gainful act- activity or gainful employment anymore. So that's the Medicare program, uh, which, you know, there are over 40 million people on. Uh, the other program is Medicaid, and Medicaid is a program run jo- jointly by the states and by the federal government, and it's for people with limited income, um, either their uh, uh, low-income mother and uh, with children or a family with children, or else it's for people who uh, are disabled or elderly and they didn't either work and get onto Social Security and Medicare, or else their benefit is so small because they had such a low in, uh, low wage job or worked intermittently that they um, they qualify for Medicare but their income is very low. So it's, it, these are two programs: one for people who are elderly and disabled, the other for people who are low income and who also can be elderly and disabled. There's uh, 9 million people in the United States who are eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid. And uh, what's significant is they make up maybe 10 to 15 percent of the Medicare and Medicaid population, but they generate 30 to 40 percent of the claims. So these are the people who are the high utilizers, the people who are basically generating a lot of the high health costs in the country is is from from these type of individuals because they're uh, commonly going into and out of nursing homes, commonly going into and out of hospitals, uh, having to go to the doctor's office a lot, needing a lot of prescription drugs. Um, these are uh, a significant portion of the population that's driving the country's health care expenditures. And there's so much talk about dual eligibility right now, isn't there? Right. No, there is because of the significant cost. I mean, these, these 9 million people cost um, the states and the federal government about $300 billion a year. That's billion with a B. Um, so it's a significant amount of cost from, from these folks. And, you know, a typical Medicare recipient, your, your mother or your father or your grandparents, cost about $8,000 a year to provide care to. Dual eligibles cost over $30,000 a year to provi- uh, in terms of the expenses they incur going to the hospital, going to the doctor's office, getting prescription drugs, or being in a nursing home. So, you know, because of their high costs, that's uh, generated a lot of attention by 
federal and state policymakers, as well as health insurance executives and providers, saying these people are very expensive. The other thing that's caused a lot of talk about dual eligibles is the Affordable Care Act, what we call Obamacare. Uh, included a lot of things like the marketplaces that we'll be talking to other folks about in the coming days. Um, but it also made a lot of changes regarding dual eligibles in terms of new programs that are available to try to uh, make the services uh, available to, uh, to dual eligibles better and also better structure the programs to try and control the cost to make sure the dual eligibles get the care they need but they don't get too much care that they don't really need or, or the care that isn't effective or efficient. So on one hand, you've got consumers trying to maneuver their way through this new system, and I'm sure there are a lot of questions, a lot of concerns on their parts. And then on the other hand, you have the health plan people, who I'm sure are trying to maneuver through a, a new system to then. I, I'm wondering what plans need to know to successfully cover these dual eligibles. Well, the first thing plans need to know is that while dual eligibles get Medicare and Medicaid, almost 90% of dual eligibles aren't enrolled in health plans. And one of the reasons their costs are high is because they get what's called fee-for-service care from Medicare and then fee-for-service care from the state through Medicaid, and those two systems don't coordinate very well. So these are the people you often see, you know, revolving through emergency rooms, revolving through hospitals with two programs paying, but no one's coordinating their overall care. And so what the Affordable Care Act did was it, it, it created new programs uh, to encourage health plans to get into um, the marketplace to enroll dual eligibles into health plans who can manage their care and coordinate it between the two payers, Medicare and Medicaid, to provide an integrated benefit for them. Uh, and, and in order to successfully do this, you know, health plans to, to begin to tap into these 8 million people, dual eligibles, who aren't in health plans, they need a couple of things these health plans do to, to, to be able to handle these dual eligibles and be successful in covering them and uh, and managing their care. The first thing I need is data, because these people are dual eligibles, do uh, incur a lot of services, whether uh, it's through the prescription drugs they take, the rehabilitation services they get for therapies, um, their trips to the doctor's office, their trips to the hospital. Health plans need to get data on them to get a handle of what services they need to try to give them preventive care so they don't end up having to go to the hospital, the emergency room all the time, so that the first place they don't call isn't 911 for the ambulance, that they instead call the health plan or call their doctor's office to get a preventive treatment. Like, for example, somebody who gets a lot of urinary tract infections. They, um, the health plan needs to make sure they get a urologist and they're going to that urologist frequently so they're not waiting till they get a high fever and then calling the um, um, 911 for a hospital to whisk them off and then it's a ten, twenty thousand dollar uh, health claim that, that, that's incurred. So you need data to see what kind of services these individuals need and then try to get the preventive services for them to keep them from going into the hospital. So the first thing is data. The second thing that plans need is care management. They need to be in constant contact with the, these folks. A lot of common people like you and me know that health plans do care management for labor and delivery, for when you know your wife has a baby or your or your daughter has a has a baby. So a nurse is calling beforehand and then afterhand to make sure the person uh, that, that the mother and child are doing okay and they're they're transitioning into and out of the hospital well. With dual eligibles, they need that kind of care management from the plan all the time. Reminders, because they're a low-income population, perhaps a, um, a population that doesn't have much education, or else they could be very elderly. It could be your mother or grandmother who's in her 90s and forgets things. These dual eligibles need a lot of reminders to take their medications. They need um, 
uh, clinicians from the health plan contacting them, making sure they uh, are going to their appointments that they need to go to for their specialists. If they have a heart condition, going to the cardiologist quarterly or even more frequently if they need to be. Uh, going to get the therapies they need if they had a fall. You know, if it's an elderly woman or man in their late 80s or 90s who had a fall and uh, uh, need to go to a physical therapist, they have to make that appointment. And if they can't make the appointment, the care manager should try to arrange to have a physical therapist come to their house to make sure that they're working that muscle or that bone injury so they can, they can recover. So the second thing plans need to have a lot of effort in is care management, to be on top of these people's condition and ma help them manage it so they don't end up having to go to higher cost areas like hospitals and, and, um, and get the care they need. Um, the third thing health plans need to do is engage with the health providers, with the primary care provider and the doctors that these people go to see. Oftentimes health plans and providers can have an adverse relationship. The provider concerned that they're not being paid enough. The health plan concerned that the provider is seeing the person too often. You can't have that relationship, that ad adverse relationship between health plans and providers with dual eligibles. The health plans and the doctors need to be together, have a single care plan that they both agree to, that, that, that the kind of preventive services and medications these people need. They need to be in frequent contact. Did the person come to their appointment today? Um, the health plan may indicating right, to the doctor, we just got a heads up that the person that the dual L's were just went to the emergency room. The doctor needs to know that so the medical records can be transferred over to the hospital. Need to be in close contact. So health plans and providers have to be on the same page and coordinating uh, very well. The, um, the last thing that plans need to do in order to serve dual eligibles is focus on long-term community-based supportive services. A dual eligible who goes into a nursing home is going to cost a plan $30,000, $40,000 a year. But a lot of things that are nursing homes can be brought to the home now, the person's residence, at a much lower expense. So health plans need to invest in providing services to dual eligibles at their home, getting a rehabilitation therapist coming to the house to do the rehab rather than the person having to be entered, um, in, uh, admitted into a nursing home. Um, having someone going to the house to help the person get dressed or bathed in the morning, having a care provider going to the house to give them services in their home where it's cheaper and where they're more comfortable, quite honestly, than having them go to a nursing home for the rest of their lives to get these kind of services. Helping them cook meals, uh, helping them make their doctor's appointments, uh, arranging for uh, non-emergency transportation if the person is so low income or, they can't, or they're too old to drive or too disabled to drive, making sure they're taking their medications, someone checking their pill bottles every day to make sure they're taking their medications, bringing the nursing home services to their home, which is a, a, a lower cost uh, method of treating the person and which the person probably prefers than being institutionalized in a nursing home. So that's the other thing health plans have to invest in. You're listening to DST Radio and uh, this is Richard Popper we're talking to who is responsible for implementing and monitoring and compliance for DST services and software solutions. We're talking about uh, dual eligibilities, Medicare and Medicaid health plans. I'm, I'm wondering how DST Health Solutions supports plans that are interested in implementing offerings for, for dual coverage. Well, Greg, we have four to five products that we, uh, that we offer health plans uh, that are specifically designed for, for dual eligibles. The first is um, uh, basically two applications we have, one called uh, uh, Care Analyzer and the other is called Care Connect. What Care Analyzer does is we talked uh, a couple minutes ago about the need to help of health plans to have data 
uh, to analyze what care these individuals need and to monitor it. What Care Analyzer does is it takes all the claims data and analyzes it and, and picks out what are the gaps th in care that these people, that the dual eligibles aren't getting. So Care Analyzer helps to identify those gaps in care, uh, the fact that the individual really needs to see a cardiologist or uh, needs to get um, some kind of therapy or an additional new medication. Care Analyzer identifies those gaps, what the, the kind of care the person isn't getting, and tells the health plan what those gaps are and so that the, the, the health plan can educate the enrollee, the dual eligible, as well as their provider to help them access those services. The other thing that, uh, the other application DST has to help this population is care management software, which is called Care Connect. And that is software that a nurse or a clinician can use who works for the health plan to keep a record, uh, almost a medical record, of, of the individual's claims and interactions they have with the member and, I, and, and, and record and, and, uh, and have available in a record uh, the, the individual's needs, uh, what services work for them, what services they're not getting, what some of their functional impairments are, like the person can't drive, like the dual eligible um, may um, have a uh, behavioral health issue that prevents them from going outside or, or rem remembering to take their medications or remembering to, to make appointments. This care management system creates a record and a tool for the, the clinicians who are talking to the individuals on the phone, that dual eligibles on the phone, or even visiting them in their homes to record what they need, whether what they need they've actually received or whether they haven't received it and what has worked with them in the past and what hasn't worked with them so that they have all of those things at their fingertips. That's very helpful for when a dual eligible ends up having to go to the emergency room or the hospital. The, the hospital can then contact the care plan, the, the health plan, and that care manager, who often is available seven days a week, 24 hours, can tell the hospital, this is what's been going on with this individual to save a lot of time and save them the effort uh, in terms of identifying what treatment or services they need in the emergency room. So that, that's our first uh, major area of solutions is our care analyzer and our care connect system. Uh, the next uh, s uh, solution that we have is our Amesis claims platform. And that is our system that processes the medical claims that we receive from the dual eligibles providers um, and adjudicates them and then uh, takes in the claim make sure it's a covered item and then processes the claim payment and pays the provider or pays the pharmacy for, um, for the benefits that the dual eligible is entitled to. And um, our, our Amesis Advanced Solution uh, not only can handle typical medical claims, but it al also can handle um, uh, the non-traditional services the dual eligibles need, like the attendant who goes to their house and helps them get dressed like the non-emergency transportation they may need to get to the doctor's office for a routine appointment, like adult daycare, uh, dual eligibles who have cognitive impairments or Alzheimer's. Uh, what's very important for them so they can stay in their home is they go to an adult daycare, uh, similar to a uh, daycare you have for children, but it gets them out of the home, makes sure that they have someone helping them with their, their behavioral health issues or their cognitive issues, and also gives them a chance to socialize. Uh, with, with other people who have conditions like those. Those kinds of claims are not traditional for some health plans to pay through a claim system. Uh, but 
uh, Amesis Advance has the ability to process those claims. Another example is home improvements. To keep someone from going to a nursing home, maybe they need a ramp in the house if they're in a wheelchair. Maybe they need um, a, a change to their bathtub so they can roll into a shower and not have to step over a big bathtub railing to get in, like in an old-style bathtub. Those kind of home, mo home modifications, health plans have to be able to cover those home modifications. And that, and some health plans don't cover those because it's not a medical kind of claim. It's a non-traditional home improvement kind of claim. But for dual eligibles, it is a covered benefit. And so you need a claim system that can uh, process that. And Amesis Advance can process that. Um, another one of our solutions that we have for dual eligibles is um, an application that we uh, utilize in, uh, in uh, partnership with uh, one of our plant, our uh, administrative and, and uh, solution partners, CPS Performance. And that is an application we have called Market Prominence. One of the challenges of dealing with dual eligibles is you have to be able to communicate both with the federal government for the Medicare benefit as well as with the state government for the Medicaid benefit. And so when you, a health plan gets an enrollment for a, for a dual eligible, you can get the enrollment bet both from Medicare, a transaction from Medicare from the federal government, and then a transaction from the state government from the Medicaid program. You need a software program that can uh, integrate those two types of transactions uh, and, and make sure there's no, that it, that it all ties together and that it's in sync and then monitors the person's enrollment as the person stays enrolled with the health plan. And our market prominence solution, uh, we've, we've developed some modifications to it so it can talk to both the federal government as well as the state government and integrate those two enrollment transactions and reconcile them if there are differences and if there aren't differences, monitor it so that we know every month that the member is still enrolled in our clients' health plans, that their status hasn't changed, that they haven't, um, um, uh, heaven forbid, passed on or died, or they haven't won the lottery, so they don't need Medicaid anymore, uh, which doesn't happen that often, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, you know, make sure to monitor those two enrollment feeds and transactions we're getting from two types of government and reconcile it and process it so we know that the person is continued to enroll, uh, be enrolled with our plan clients. And then the last solution we have is, um, is a software solution called Risk Analyzer. And what that does is it, it monitors uh, the types of diagnosis that our dual eligibles as well as our Medicare enrollees have in terms of do they have diabetes, do they have a, a, a heart condition, do they have a urinary condition, do they have a functional impairment. Because knowing whether they have those kinds of conditions triggers different levels of payment by the federal and state government. Um, to put it another way, the federal government is going to pay you less if you're a senior citizen who's riding a bike every day and running in marathons and doing skydiving like we see in some of those uh, prescription drug ads. They're, they're not going to pay you as much for that person as they're going to pay you for your 90-year-old grandmother who uh, broke her hip and maybe has diabetes and a, a heart condition. They're going to pay you more for the, gran the grandmother, the 90-year-old grandmother, than they are for the healthy retiree who's doing skydiving on the weekends. So you have to make sure you capture all of those diagnoses um, for the grandmother or for even the younger Medicare and Medicaid recipient who has diabetes because that triggers uh, more payment from the federal government to reflect that, that additional health diagnosis and condition the person has, as well as it can trigger additional payments from the state government as well for the Medicaid services. So that solution helps identify those diagnoses so we can report them to the federal and state government and the health plan can get the revenue that, it's, uh, that it needs um, to support that member's care and uh, the services that they need. 
I think we've all learned a lot about all the services DST offers. Well, that, that's why we're here, and that's why it's happy to, uh, and great to be able to speak with you, Greg. It's good to talk to you. Richard Popper, he's the man responsible for implementation, monitoring, and compliance uh, of DST services and software solutions for Medicare and Medicaid plans, and we've been talking about dual eligibles. This is DST Radio. Thank you for listening to DST Radio. For more information or questions, contact DST Health Solutions at 800-272-4799 or email us at marketing at dsthealthsolutions.com.